0: Welcome, welcome. This is According to Callus. This is episode 241, and yes, it's time for Text It Tuesday. Well, you know, from time to time, when you get past the naysayers, when you get past the people that say, we can't do that, or we don't have permission, and you get done laughing at them, you need to actually take a moment and reflect on the real question. It's, they don't feel secure. They don't think that we can do it on our own. They don't think that, quite frankly, they are up to the task. And in fact, I would go so far as they're projecting their own fear of failure on all of us. I have great hopes that we can fix our country. I have great hopes that, you know, people show up, and vote the bums out. But I've had those same hopes for 40 years. I mean, in the 90s, we trusted that Newt Gingrich and the Republicans and their contract with America would do what we needed them to do. And, And to be fair, they did do a few good things. But they were promptly disregarded and kicked onto the ash heap of history when it became inconvenient. And likewise, we thought, oh, we just, we we got, we lived through Clinton, and now we've got a Republican president, a Republican Senate, and a Republican House, and plenty of good conservatives, and they're going to fix things. They're going to make things right. And that didn't happen. Now, I know a lot of us can probably say, well, we have to give them grace. You know, 9-11 happened. And a lot of crazy stuff happened directly related to that. And, you know, our opportunity was lost. Okay, maybe, maybe. But did you know that Posse Posse Comitatus was basically killed off and written out of law at this time period? Did you know that the NDAA when it was reauthorized, I want to say it was 2013, did away with the uh, show me the body, right? No habeas corpus. And it wasn't the president that did it on his own. Oh, no, no. It was the Congress. And all those things are going to come to fruition now. And we can't fix it. We know we can't fix it. I mean, we're in Texas and we have not quite two-thirds of both the House and the Senate. And we can't fix things here. Until we fix our home state, we can't expect to fix the rest of the country. So Texit is there. Now, if we choose to pull the cord, break away, and do our own thing, we're still going to have to deal with the corruption, the swamp, the entrenched establishment that is really not interested in and making Texas better or keeping Texas great or whatever your favorite slogan is, they're concerned about maintaining power. And most of them would be more than willing to switch the letter after their name if and when it became politically expedient to do so. To the end that they really are doing nothing to control the borders. They're doing nothing to... I don't know, keep tabs of who's moving here from the other states. Now I know quote unquote legally and whatever else we're not supposed to, but when you're actively importing companies that are leftist by nature and they bring their employees with them who are going to generally be leftist, how does that help Texas? How does that put Texas in a better spot? I mean, it may actually technically long-term make things better in California, but my responsibility is not California, it is Texas. My concern is not California, it is Texas. I put Texas before the states, and I put the states before the rest of the country. I consider myself a Texian first. Now, I'm all for America first. I really am. But when it comes to the state level organization, the state level politics, Our leaders need to put Texas first. And sometimes that means they actually got to put the Texans in Texas first. Not the illegal immigrants. Not the legal immigrants. Not the relocating Yankees. But the actual Texans. Those that were here. Now, and I've said this many times before. There are Texians. And there are Tejanos. And there are Texans. And I consider Texans, people that have fled the other states and come here to become part of Texas. They embrace that which makes up Texas, which is largely derived from the Texians and the Tejanos that were already here. And we do Texas a great disservice when we we expect a Starbucks on every corner and every convenience From the Northeast or California here. When we build electric cars here. When we think it's more important to put up windmills and plug-ins for your electric car. Than it is to, I don't know, actually drill and explore for natural gas and oil. Hmm? Or that we exploit the Gulf Coast for fishing and shrimping. And quite frankly, I'm at an utter loss. Why we allow our policies in Texas to be dictated by a foreign entity, whether it's the United States or the UN. If we're Texas and we're an independent state, we ought to act like it. If we're Texas and we're an independent state, we ought to behave as though we don't need to be dependent on the feds. Now, I've heard it said that we're a taker state. That is, we take in more money than we give to D.C. But I think if you set aside the fact that we have the largest military base in the country, possibly even the world, sitting smack dab in Texas, if you take away the idea that we literally import thousands of people from other countries that promptly go on the dole, you would see we are actually quite the donor state. You would see that we are actually the envy of the other states. You would see that we are in a commanding position among equal states. It is my sincere hope that we can lead by example, that we can bring back the nation from the brink. Should we fail in that? Should we slip in that? Should all else be lost? We can take the strategic retreat of Texas. Now, I know that's a dangerous philosophy. That's a dangerous thought pattern because we know that there are plenty of Yankees that are unrepentant moving here, whether they're from the Northeast or California. And I know a good number of them may actually have R's after their name. And I'll say it again just because it needs to be said. A Northeast Republican is the equivalent of a Texas Democrat. A California Republican might as well be a Texas Democrat and i'll tell you i think there are plenty of good honest democrats texan democrats out there and they're appalled at what's going on with those in their party it, the same could be said for a, a whole lot of good patriots that put an r after their name they look at the rhinos for lack of a better word right the semi progressive milk toast moderate stand for nothing win individuals that get elected to office claiming to restore texas's boundaries claiming to restore oil and gas fields claiming to do this claiming to do that and never ever delivering yet like clockwork every two to four years we have the specter of the evil democrat that's going to run and take that office through heck or high water we must prevent that we must stop those evil democrats I'm sorry. I'm just not buying it. We're Texas. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. We have a good sense on our shoulders. Unfortunately, a good number of our kids were left in government schools and they didn't learn what made Texas Texas. They didn't learn about the Tejanos and the Texians. They didn't learn about standing strong they didn't learn about the importance of oil and gas they didn't learn about exploration they didn't learn about all these things and we wonder why there's the drift towards purple now i say we can probably fix some of it if we scare away those damned yankees yeah i said it you know what it means now whether it's the extremely hot summers yeah go back to the northeast go back to northern california portland seattle hey that's all right. Some of us Midwesterners that have moved here, we're a little hardier than that. I mean, when you can't go outside for three, four months out of the year, because it's too darn cold, the opposite, when it's too darn hot to be outside, ah, no problem. I mean, you can always put more clothes on, but you can only take so much off, right? But they have this thing called air conditioning, and most of us have learned to tough it out. But then when you have poor leadership that can't fix the grid or isn't interested in fixing the grid and allows people that they put in place to stay there and milk profits, but never ever actually deliver on the promises that they gave, who do we have to blame but ourselves? Which again, brings us back to Texas. So we can explore and exploit every possible solution to fixing these United States. We can lead by example. We can do everything in our power in Texas to do the right thing. But when you have lackluster leadership, when you have ineffective members of your delegation that refuse to stand on principle because they want to go along to get along, they want to be liked, they want to go to those nice parties, they want to be accepted, they're not doing us any favors. Now, i got to tell you, from time to time I hear a wackadoo call me a fascist or a communist, or even worse, a Nazi, i just got to laugh. Obviously, they don't know me very well. Obviously, they haven't listened to a word I've had to say. We have a unique state in a unique country, and we need to be doing what we can to defend it. Up until we have to declare our independence. We have to extend the olive branch, the idea that we're going to make peace. We're going to work together for the common good. But you can only take so much. You can only be dumped upon by the federal government for so long. You can only deal with the tyranny until such point that it crosses the line. Now, some would say that while the Rubicon was crossed, the FBI invaded President Trump's house. Yeah, okay, maybe. Yeah, we know it was politically motivated. Yeah, we know the warrant was dubious. Yeah, the whole thing kind of stinks to high heaven. But that's politics. That's one former president getting into it with the current president, or shall I say resident. It'll get sorted out. At least we have to believe so. Now, if they start arresting people and throwing them into prison or jail. Oh, wait a minute. They already did back on January 6th. Sorry. If they start doing that wholesale to communities across the country, that may indeed be the Rubicon. We may have to draw the line. But before we can do that, we have to do the work. We have to figure out what would it look like? How would it work? Is there an opportunity that we could improve the current situation? Now, it's been said that Texas... If we were to eliminate the federal government above it, would function just fine the way it's set up. Okay, maybe. But I'm all for an electoral college. In fact, I'm all for the idea that all statewide officials must must win not only majority of the voters, but a majority of the counties. I mean, if you're a statewide official... Just because you dominate in Houston, San Antonio, and Dallas and Tarrant County doesn't mean that the seat of power in Harris should be able to just overwrite the rest of the state. What would be the harm with that? Or, I mean, look, I know some of you are a little queasy on the idea of individual counties having that. Well, what about you have to win the Senate districts, Right. What about if we just say, well, you can't serve as governor unless you win the majority of the Senate districts? Or maybe we up the ante in the primaries and to be the governor or any statewide elected official, you have to get better than 55%. And maybe you, if you fail to do that in your runoff, we have to do another election. I mean, I'm just throwing this out here. I mean, I don't know. Or, or, you know, Texas goes independent. What about forming a parliament, right? A multi-party legislature. Whereupon the Speaker of the House is elected by a coalition. Now, I know that's kind of scary. You know, all the Republicans, you know. Okay, but is a bad Republican really that much better than a Democrat? we got to detach ourselves from the parties and face the stark, cold reality that both sides have let us down. But when we exercise Texas, we have the ability to rewrite our own constitution. We have the ability to establish how we want to govern ourselves as an independent nation. We can improve the situation where we see ourselves if we just have the wisdom and fortitude to do so. The question is, do we? Are we willing to do so? I wonder. These are all important questions that could be had. We could have a big convention and discuss these things. Now it would have to be a week or two long and we would have to not allow them to cut off debate because, well, it's inconvenient. I mean, I've seen that happen more than one occasion on the Republican State Convention Or, for that matter, even the county conventions, right? Well, you know, we got to be out of here at 4 o'clock. Call the question! Call the question! Call the question! God forbid we actually have a legitimate debate. Now, a lot of this stuff can be worked out in committee. In fact, that's how we got the current Constitution that we got. You know, they called for a convention to revise the Articles of Confederation. And they decided to go there and scrap the whole thing. And then they came up with a new method of which they were going to agree that the new government was in place. And that's what we got. Now, you can say it was great and I'm, you know, I've been pretty happy with it. I'm not going to have that argument with you. But the fact of the matter is, when the convention was called, all bets were off. Would you be willing to do that in Texas? Maybe we just say... If you are not over the age of 20 and you haven't been in Texas for more than 10 years, you cannot partake in the convention. I'd be feeling pretty good about that. And then we can leave an exception for those that fought, and I'm putting up the scare quotes here, fought for our independence. I mean, they did a similar thing when it came to being elected president. You couldn't be elected president unless you were a natural born citizen. Oh, and don't get me started on that. I mean, we've had at least two presidents elect, I'm sorry, one president, and one vice president elected that are not, in fact, natural born citizens. In fact, the Republicans put their very own primary candidate up that did not meet that definition either, because apparently nobody cares anymore. And I can see the wisdom of, hey, you know, if we recreate Texas as an independent nation, maybe just maybe we don't have a natural born citizen here that is capable of being the president. I'm all for drafting Rand Paul to move back. Anybody want to consider that? I mean, I mean, other than maybe Ted, who else we got? Certainly wouldn't be John Cornyn. Certainly wouldn't be Red Flag Dan, or the other Red Flag Dan. Oh, I'm sorry, it was Lieutenant Dan. Sorry, it wouldn't be Lieutenant Dan or Red Flag Dan. I mean, who do we got? I mean, I suppose maybe Louis Gomert would come back from retirement. That'd be good. I mean, we got Ken Paxton. He's good. Uh, I'm at a loss. Who are we going to get? Oh, Sid Miller. Yeah, yeah, Sid Miller's there. Uh, Maybe he'd make a good lieutenant governor. I don't know. Or maybe we can decide to dial back some of the power the lieutenant governor has and dial back some of the power that the Speaker of the House has, balance things out a little bit. Or maybe we uh, change things up. Now, I know there was a big abuse of power that happened in Texas, uh, you know, a little over a century ago, I guess, at this point. And uh, when they had the Ma and Pa running the state and they, they bifurcated and trifurcated the power at the statewide level so the governor couldn't control all of that. And quite frankly, that is pretty good. But I'd also like the idea where some of these people got to actually answer to the governor as well. So you don't work for them, but you work with them. And that means you kind of got to answer his questions or her questions. Now that we had the one tough grandma and, you know, she gave us this thing we called Robin Hood and, uh, governor Goodhair and the current, uh, good governor Abbott wouldn't bother to raise a finger to end that. Oh no, we wouldn't want to upset those teachers union. I mean, associations, but if schools gotten better, Or worse, since that happened. Now, I understand maybe some of the rural schools are nominally better. At what? Teaching propaganda? At filling those uh, young skulls full of mush, to quote Mr. Limbaugh, with the latest propaganda and woke theology? I don't know. But we could definitely reduce our tax burden right then and there. Put education back on the parents where it belongs take away the mandated stuff do away with all the federal ties again once you explore that texas idea this all becomes feasible think about all the things we could do to improve the situation i'm kind of at a loss as to why we have 3 i'm sorry 30 million people in this state and we only have 30 state senators I mean, I would think at least by now we should consider 60. And I know, I know, the state constitution has that. But I'm sure when they wrote the state constitution, they didn't imagine that there would be 30 million people here. You know, and there's 150 state reps, right? For 30 million people, that means what? What's the number? Well, my brain just faded there. Uh, Give me a minute. I want to say it's a half a million, but while I cheat and use my calculator here. So we've got 30 million, which I know is not actually the correct number. But when you divide it by 150, that's 200,000 people being represented. That's not terrible. But let's cut that in half. Let's make it 300 state reps. I mean, it works for the U.S. government. We could do 300. That's doable. I mean, we can't fix D.C. I mean, we, realistically, we probably ought to have about 1,500 state reps to balance out the 50 and the, I'm sorry, the 100 senators, yes. So if we go with 60 senators in the state of Texas, I'm sorry, the Independent Republic of Texas, and, I don't know, 300 state reps, That means each state rep is going to be representing, what, 100,000 people? That seems pretty uh, reasonable, right? 30 million people divided by 300. Yep, 100,000 people. That seems very reasonable. Talk about being able to get a hold of your state rep. Or, you know, better yet, we could just make... Each state senator represent an individual county. That think make things really interesting. I think there's 254 counties. We make it 240 state senators. And they represent their county. In fact, we can go so far as to say that they're elected by their county. And they can be recalled for doing a bad job by their county commissioners. Ooh, Now we're getting real salty here. So we sent you down there to do the county's bidding, and you don't, well, we, the uh, county commissioner's court, we're going to recall you back. And you're going to run for a special election because you didn't do what we needed you to do. You didn't protect our county, whatever county it may be. How's that for accountability? I mean, if you're a state rep and you've only got 100,000 people to represent, I guess you better do a pretty darn good job or they're not going to send you back. Now that means the state house down in Austin is going to get quite a bit bigger, but it also means things are going to slow down a whole heck of a lot. And then we could end this business about 60 days of nothing that goes on with every session. Maybe give the governor's policies two weeks. We can be really generous. You get 15 days, 15 days, and we'll consider whatever's on the governor's agenda. And then after that, we're going to actually follow the principles and the legislative priorities put forth by our individual parties. For a Democrat, we're going to, you know, support Democrat stuff. For a Libertarian, which is entirely likely, if you've only got a hundred thousand people that you're representing or a specific county, they're going to represent Libertarian principles. And of course, the Republicans—they're going to be held accountable by their individual counties and their individual hundred thousand people that they represent. That would mean we would have one state senator in Collin County, whereas right now I think we technically have three in the county. But the trade-off is we'd have about 10 state reps. And then for every 100,000 people that we add, every five years or every six years or whatever you want to do, we're going to add another state rep. And we'll redivide it. Who cares? I mean... Every 10 years is a nice round number and it seems to work okay, but who does the county? Do you want to trust the feds? Oh, that's right. We're Texit. We're going to do it at our own state level. So we're going to have each county charged with submitting their own census. And yeah, they're going to inflate it. Of course they are, but they're going to be guaranteed one state senator and a number of state reps equal to the number in their county. And they can partner with their other surrounding counties to give them another state rep. Who cares? Let the counties have a little more say on who their state reps are and where they're located. It's really convenient for our state reps to draw their own lines and pick their own people. But I think the counties ought to have a little more say in this. Now, I know I'm going down dangerous territory because there's a whole lot of old boys network out there, right? They run that county with an iron fist. Okay. Okay but we can rewrite that too. Oh, you're a county commissioner. You get a max of 10 years and then you have to step down or run for something else. Oh, you want to be a state rep. That's great. But you have to give up your county commissioner seat in order to run. Oh, you're the county judge. You want to retire now? Oh, good. Thanks. We thank you for your service. Oh, you want to be a judicial judge now? Okay, that's fine. But you got to step down before you run. Make every office a requirement that you have to step down before you can run for the next office. As a matter of fact, if you're going to term limit, I think you had a term limit every municipal race, school board, and city councils. Maximum of 10 years you can serve, period, end of story. That would be two full terms, or if you took over halfway through a term and you serve two terms, but a maximum of 10 years. Imagine all the Stuff that would get flushed out in the system. Now, I know, I know, there's some people that are worried about the institutional loss and whatever else. But the fact of the matter is, almost every city in the state of Texas, or if you will, the independent republic of Texas, is run by a city manager. And there is a tight-knit bureaucracy that works there, regardless who those elected officials are. I think we'll be just fine. I don't cherish the idea that we've got... A lifetime appointment in government. and the, These folks that go there never actually have a real job outside of government. Now, some of them are attorneys. Some of them are real estate agents. Some of them are whatever. Some of them just happen to be born into a family that has a lot of money and they go and punch their ticket in a few places and skip up the offices until they go to Congress and then promptly sell us out, not mention anybody by name. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, They need to remember who they work for, who they serve. And it's those people that elect them, those people that they're working for. I want to be able to see my state rep and go, yeah, that guy's the man or she's the greatest. They do a good job down in Austin representing us. Or you know what? They go to that commissioner's court and they fight for our people. I don't feel that way. I mean, you take away Brian Slayton or Bob Hall, and, and or Mrs. Paxton, Angela Paxton, I can't think of a single state rep or state senator that I'm actually happy to see, that I think is there doing my work, our work. Now, and I don't mean that to disparage Matt Shaheen, or the two new people that we don't know yet, or Jeff Leach, or Candy Noble. I'm not meaning to rain on their parade, but I'm talking about being excited. I mean, no, look, hey, Matt does a good job. Jeff does a pretty good job. Candy does a pretty good job. But it's clear that their grassroots concerns are just a little muted. They've been in Austin for quite some time, and they don't actually think they work for us anymore. Now, they don't do a bad job yet. I guess I have to settle for mediocre. I mean, I can't raise $3 million to run against one of these people. And they are nice, safe seats now, right? We should be happy. We should be enthusiastic. We have three good, solid R's. Yeah. But come text it. Maybe we wouldn't. Maybe we'll reconfigure everything. If they have to answer to 100,000 people, they're going to have to work a whole lot harder to keep those 100,000 people happy because we're all going to have their phone numbers. We're going to know where they live and they're going to be in our neighborhood for, I don't know, 18 months out of every 24 months at least. But again, maybe this is wishful thinking. Maybe the naysayers will have their day. But they said the same thing when Brexit came. And I'm not entirely convinced that Quebec won't try again. And we know Scotland's going to try again. Catalonia, right? I mean, Yugoslavia separated. (laughs) It didn't go peacefully. It was a bloody mess. But they're at a detente now. They separated their individual factions and nationalities and religions. And they're at a nominal peace. I mean, the Czech Republic and Slovakia, they separated. It was peaceful. They've gone about their business. I mean, and keep in mind, as little as 80 years ago, the the Slovakians were wholesale slaughtering the Czechs with the Nazis. Or maybe i have got it backwards. I don't know. Maybe it was the Czechs after the Slovaks. Or maybe it was just after the Soviets came in, they were going after each other. I mean, man, I was listening to podcasts, they talked about the uh, Ukrainians, slaughtering the Poles and the Poles slaughtering the Ukrainians because they were behind the wrong border. That's nuts. That's kind of crazy. But it happened. It's nature. That's what people do if they're not restrained. And I'm suggesting to you that Texas is a way to fix this. Hey, you want to be a crazy leftist? Hey, you love all that socialism? Hey, I got a place for you. It's called California, New York, Oregon, Washington, Illinois, New Jersey, You want to be a real Texan, right? You aspire to exemplify the Texian and Tejano heritage? Come on down here. Shed that Yankee attitude and you'll be welcomed with open arms. We don't necessarily expect you to vote the same way that we do, but we expect you to respect people and treat them with honor and do the right thing and worship God. That's a very low bar. We want you to embrace Texas. The future is in independent nation states. Oh, they're trying to shove that globalism down our throats. And it looks like these United States might be willing to swallow it. But I, for one, as a Texan, am out. I'm going to take a hard pass on that. And I think you should all take the time to go read Daniel Miller's book, Texas, how Texas can be independent country once again. And if you really are feeling motivated, you can read Let My People Go, Why Texas May Regain Its Independence by Scott Winston Dragland. Hey, look, I haven't actually read that book yet, but I've read through parts of it. It looks very promising. These are both good books. To motivate and inspire you to a greater nation in Texas. Now I know there's lots of loyalists out there. There are lots of naysayers. Okay. That's fine. All I ask is you stand aside. Let us do our thing. Let us take on the battle. And if we're successful, fantastic. May posterity forget you are among us. If we're not successful, well, then you can laugh in our faces, but you can enjoy your chains at the same time. With that, this was a Texit Tuesday. It was episode 241, the Texit Tuesday, and I will see you on the other side.